From Tiffany Micah podcast and welcome to this week's daily tiff. Ooh, it's pretty intense this week so hope you've got your notebook or your journal ready because I've got a lot of questions in these daily tiff um, episodes from this week for you to answer. So we're going to be looking at things like are your goals too small? Also, we're going to be looking at don't accept that that's the way it is because we don't want to have someone else's opinion limit how you're thinking. I want you to also make sure that you listen because we're going to be discovering what's holding you back from really getting what you want out of your life. And also, if you're finding it hard to focus, then I've um, got some things that I've put together for you to help you focus better and perform better when you're under pressure. So make sure that you listen to those and um, I look forward to catching up with you at at the end of these daily tips. Are your goals too small? And the reason why I ask this question is that when we set a goal, sometimes, you know, we really look at what we want, but we're it's almost like we're trying to get out of the spot we're in because we're incredibly unhappy, we're not where we want to be and we just think that if we can get out of the situation that we're currently in or what we're doing or what we're working on and it's not serving us, it's not making us feel good, it's um, putting us under pressure, it's making us sad and lots of for lots of reasons – Sometimes we look to other things that might be the, you know, the shining light that can draw us out of where we are. And I remember a few years ago, I was really incredibly unhappy with where I was working. There's a particular club that I was working at, a golf club I was working at. I really didn't um, have any respect for the colleagues that I worked for worked with rather uh, simply because the negativity, they were very toxic. Um, You know, they saw me as a threat. Hey, look, you know, I was there to obviously earn income and and build my reputation and so on. And, um, but there were, you know, there was just so much toxicity and so much negativity just around that. And, you know, really, I mean, it was quite ridiculous, but Anyway, so what was going on in that time, I'd signed up for this internet marketing business and I actually did, I, I invested quite a substantial amount of money into it, um, which was you know, pretty much close to all my savings that I had at the time and because I was sold on this dream, you know, I was sold on this dream of make money while you sleep and, and I was sold for, for quite a few reasons actually. And one was that I wanted to get out of the current work situation that I'm in. So, um, some of you may be going through that the current environment that you're in. It doesn't necessarily have to be a work situation, but it, the current environment in which you sit in may not serve you, may not make you feel good, make you feel incredibly happy, ha- unhappy. 
So you, you may want to get out of that and you're looking for, for ways to get out of that. You know, I, I wanted more time to me. I wanted that, you know, that financial freedom, you know, and I didn't want to spend 50 plus hours in the sun teaching golf. I'd spent, you know, a number of years prior to that, um, teaching 50 plus hours in the sun, uh, teaching tennis. And I, I didn't want to spend, and I don't want to spend the rest of my, my life working and teaching under the sun for, for that uh, amount of time, because it's, um, you know, it's detrimental to your skin. And, um, you know, there's, there's all these wonderful things that I'm working on creating for, for the future, you know, inspiring people to take action in their, in, in achieve their dreams. So, you know, I can't just do that on the golf course. I need to make sure that I'm getting my book published, getting that out ready. It's not far away. It's not far away. Uh, you know, speaking around the world, sharing the, the message of, you know, going after your dreams and really believing in yourself and so on. So, um, so that was a, you know, a, another calling that I've had, but we, you know, I can share that in a later episode. But, you know, and, and the other thing that I was really so was I could travel the world, right? So doing this internet marketing business and being part of this internet marketing business, you know, it sold me on a lot of factors and I could travel the world, make money while I slept, all of that kind of thing, right? Sounds absolutely awesome. Who wouldn't want that? But what I, what I was well aware, especially later on, I was well aware that I was marketed to very well. I was well aware that I hated the situation, my work situation that I was at. And, you know, the third reason was I really wanted to figure out a way to work smarter and not harder. So rather than grinding it out, you know, um, 50 plus hours in the sun per week, I wanted to change that and start really working on a way in which to work smarter, not harder. And I tried, you know, quite a few programs before, you know, online marketing courses. I've done a lot. But really when you look at it, what I really wanted to move away from was more the, neg- the negativity. I wanted to get away from the pain that I was experiencing. I was looking for a way out. I was not really focusing on what I wanted. I just wanted to get out of the situation. And, you know, it's quite normal for us to feel, you know, that we don't want to go through pain. We just want to have pleasure in our lives because that's what draws us. We want to move away from the pain and, and towards the pleasure and, and we go on a quest to find that. But, you know, I was looking at, at doing that kind of internet marketing business at the time because I wanted to get out of the situation that I was in. And that was, you know, a number of years ago now. So, I learned a lot of great stuff from it though. I learned a lot of lessons and so on. But the thing is, was deep within, right? Deep within, I've always wanted to be a speaker, traveling the world, especially sharing the belief message, you know, believing in you and, and, and helping you accomplish your goals in your in your life, whatever it may be. And that's, you know, a true calling that I now have. And I'm really excited to be able to to build that and move forward and and go towards that. So that's, you know, something that I'm incredibly passionate about. But recently what I was um, made of or, you know, made re-aware really of this is what I really wanted and what I really wanted, what my big dreams were. And even though like I'm, 
you know, getting the book closer, as I said. It's not too far away. It'll be released soon. So um, we've got a few more little... Um, the funny thing about writing a book is that I actually found the writing process pretty easy. It didn't take me too long to actually write the book. Uh, it was, I did it in a very short space of time. But it's actually all the... Uh, preparation of getting the book ready, finding the right publisher, getting the uh, you know an editor in place, creating getting a proofreader in place, going back and forth through the edits all the time, making sure of you know the language is right, making sure the message is right, making sure there's no mistakes. So there's a lot of um, finer details that, that I've actually got to go through now. So I actually <laughs> I actually found that writing the book was actually much easier to do, but. And also, you know, by using the book, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to use that as to help me launch into my speaking career. And what I've noticed, though, is that I've realized that I've allowed myself over the past few years just to think smaller for, you know, and it's quite incredible how we, we limit ourselves in the way we think. And that's what I noticed that over the last few years, I was starting to think small again, even though I've got, you know, I'm about to launch all these exciting things, right, which is incredible. And, and this all started to happen last year. But prior to that, you know, I was, I was realizing that I was starting to think small again, you know, and, and being limited by situations around me and how people think and, and, and influence and so on. But but this year is this year's different. This is incredibly different. And what I've been working on over the last week or so is been really working on my creating my manifesto for my life and really detailing exactly what I truly want. And I've been working through that and it's been incredible because this new manifesto, when you, when you create your manifesto of what you want to create in your life, it has no limits, right? You're looking at it with no limits and that's what triggered me when, oh, you know what, I've been doing that again. I have these moments where I think big and, you know, everything's unlimited and everything's possible and then somehow I slip back into being limited again. And you know what? There are no limits, right? There are no limits, but you need to be creating this vision. You need to be creating this manifesto as such, writing out exactly to the detail what it is that you want because you want to be creating your ultimate life and that's been the exciting thing about putting this manifesto together recently is that there's no limits. I'm writing out exactly what I want, exactly my perfect day, exactly who I am, exactly what I'm what I'm working towards, everything. Who it's an incredible experience and I thoroughly recommend that you actually do that. Because when you do that, you're making this mental shift. You have this mental shift that, you know what, you can actually have this and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now how you're going to get it. It's actually having the realisation to take the shackles, to take the restrictions off you by the way you've been living. 
And you're actually creating your life. You're creating your destiny, the way that you want to live your life, not not what someone else believes. It's what you believe, what you actually want. And by doing this, by creating your own manifesto, you're no longer going to think small. You are really going to go after what you truly want. And how are we going to do this? How are you going to create your manifesto? Because there's been a a massive shift in the last week when I've gone, yep, you know what? I have to detail everything that I want in my life to the detail, getting really clear because without the limits, because we we want to have the life we want to have. Right, the only restrictions you put on you is on you is the way in which you look at things. So your limitations, and you're putting limitations around yourself, or you've allowed other people to put limitations on you, or you've allowed other people to put their limits on you. Right, their beliefs on you. Don't let that happen. Branch out from that. And how we're going to create this manifesto. I'm going to give you some examples, but we want to make sure that you make a clear description of what you actually want, right? Into the detail, everything. So examples can be the type of cars you want, houses, pets, business or sport achievement, life achievement, whatever it is that you want, where you wake up in the morning, what you want to do when you wake up, what you're doing throughout the day, you know, your perfect day, right? Your perfect life. Others have the life that, that they want, right? You see incredibly successful people living, living their dreams, living their life. Why not you? Why can't you do that? And I, my mum often, and she still says it to this day actually, she says about growing up and her mum used to say, Judith, that's, not, that's good for those types of people but that's not for the likes of us. And that's quite interesting, isn't it? That my, my, you know, my grandparents grew up during the Depression. They were, you know, my grandfather was born in 1914 and my grandmother was born in 1921. And unfortunately, they're no longer with us. They've, they passed away 20 something years ago and I miss them every day. But they had limitations, right? My, my grandfather was a working class man. He worked in the small arms factory in Lithgow here in New South Wales. You know, supporting his family. He had a garden and everything, a veggie garden out the back of the house. And, and you know, he did, they did what they could do. But they had limitations on themselves because they thought that's the way it's supposed to be, how they're living and then their thoughts and beliefs about the world was then put onto my mum. You know, Judith, that's all well and good for those types of people, but it's not for the likes of us. Mum would say, mum would say, why not me? Why not for me? Why can't I do that? And we had a much, much different upbringing. There was no way in the world that my mum was going to put limits on us. So I'm saying to you, why not you? Why can't you have what you want to have? I want you to go for your big dreams. Go for them. Go for those big dreams. You deserve it. You so deserve it. And 
the point I want to get across to you right now and the message I want to get across to you right now is don't worry about how you're going to do the plan right now. I just want you to give yourself that space to be creative and I want you to be thinking unlimited because it's all there inside of you wanting to come out. Just allow it to come out. No restrictions. Right? If you had no limits, what would you do? And I want you to write exactly what you want to the detail, your perfect life, your perfect day, everything that you want in your life. Write it out in detail. That's how we're going to create that manifesto in your life. That's how we're going to create a new vision for you, really to get you to where you want to go. You know, I want you to really take this deep into your soul, okay? Really take this in what I'm about to say. I don't want you to let someone else's limitation be your limitation. And I repeat that again. Don't let someone else's limitation be your limitation. And it's really interesting at the moment what I'm actually doing, I've been um, working on creating a, a manifesto and I spoke about this uh, in the previous episode where I shared, you know, are your goals too small and so on. I was talking about creating the the manifesto. So I hope you have been working on creating your manifesto. And but this this thing about not letting someone else's limitation be your limitation, I wanted to share. You know, this was quite a few years ago now. And I was watching this tennis tournament on, on TV. can't remember what the tournament was. I can't remember who was playing who or anything. But this is what I, this is what I do remember is there was uh, Q&A questions that went into the commentators. I can't even – I can't tell you who the commentators were. I didn't know who they were. They weren't the general commentators of, of the tennis tournaments. But anyway, these – Questions got sent in, and they might have done it via Twitter. Again, I don't remember, but this is the question I remember. I remember this young man who's the age 15, 16, or, you know, teenage boy, and he asked this question, and, and he asked his – his question that he asked is he wanted to become a professional tennis player. Now, he hadn't been playing tennis for too long, but – you know, he'd been playing it, been playing comp and all of that kind of thing, but he hadn't been playing a lot of tournaments and so on. So he wanted to know what he needed to do to become a pro. And the commentator said to him, if you haven't done anything by now, you have no chance. Right now, alarm bells went off in my head when I heard that like it could have been 20 years ago I I can't remember the actual time frame but alarm bells went off in my head because this commentator put limitations on this young man right he put his limitations on this young man and I hope I hope this young man didn't didn't listen to this commentator. I hope he pursued his vision because I was so upset with someone else limiting because of their limitations in the way they they thought they were limiting 
what this young man's vision was. It's like, no, if you haven't made it by now, you'll never make it. All right, 16, 16's so young. Even in tennis, 16 is so young. Right, there's so much more to learn. Right, not only physically and skills and everything, it's the mental side. Right, really, in the whole scheme of things, at 16, you're still a baby, and a baby in a good way. Right, because there's all this development and learning that you can do. It's a, it's an amazing time, right? So I was so upset by this by this comment, so upset. So I do hope that this young man did pursue his his vision of becoming a professional tennis player. I hope he went didn't think, oh, okay, well I shouldn't become one because of this commentator's limited belief, right? So then you know I was. I, when I started putting this um, episode together, I started looking back when I was 13. And, you know, this was around the time, you know, I had a very poor self-esteem. I was very impressionable. I was worried about how I looked, you know, because I, I grew very quickly. So I, I was the size of what I am now at the age of 11, I developed very quickly. I was head and shoulders above everybody. My body, you know, my body became a woman before I was ready to become a woman, let me tell you. Um, I still wanted to be a, you know, a kid. I wasn't I wasn't emotionally equipped in, in my body changing and so on so quickly. Um, and, I, you know, I wasn't sure of myself, right? I was worried about what other people thought of me. I didn't like the way that my body was changing. I want to be a kid forever. I, I, you know, really, I still am a kid. I'm, I'm a big kid, but at the time, I didn't think that I had, I was, should be allowed to be a kid. I thought, oh my God, I've got to be changing into a woman, but I didn't, I wasn't ready, right? But the thing that I did know was that I wanted to be a tennis player, right? I really wanted. That's all I wanted, and I can tell you, I all, that's all I wanted from the age of six, seven years of age when I. When I started at my first tennis camp, that's what I really, really wanted. But we had this family friend who um, used to tell me that I wasn't good enough, right? That I will never make it, that I was a big baby. She used to put me down in front of other people, right? She used to put me down in front of other tennis players and so on. That's humiliating, right? Now, especially since I had a poor self-esteem, I had a poor way of the way in which I looked at myself, I wasn't ready to become, you know, the person that I wanted to become because I wasn't emotionally equipped. I was worried about how I looked. I was very concerned about how I looked. I worried about what other people thought of me, right? So I was just very unsure of myself, yet I had... I had that and then I had this woman who was saying these things to me, right? Humiliating, right? It was absolutely humiliating for me. Now, because I was shy, because I was not sure of myself, you know, I, 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 I did. I found it really difficult to deal with it and, I, you know, I found growing up hard enough, right? I found it hard enough growing up, let alone all these other things that were thrown at me. And like I said, I wanted to be a kid forever, but I wasn't equipped. I wasn't equipped for my body going through the changes as quickly as it did. 
you know, from the from you know changing very very quickly. So at the age of eleven, I was fully a fully developed woman, and I was scared. Right, I was scared. So dealing dealing with that, then dealing with with everything else that you know this particular person was throwing at me and so on. I just thought, you know what? Maybe she's right. Maybe I am never. Maybe I am not good enough. Maybe. I'll never make it. Maybe I am a big crybaby and I'm a big sook, right? All of these things, I kept thinking those things. Oh, well, maybe she's right. So then what happened then? Well, that started to lay some foundations accepting, okay, well, that's then the way it is. At the age of 13, right? how... How rude of someone else to put their limitations on you. And I look back and I go, oh, wow. You know, how someone else's words can really affect you. That's why I'm very, very careful, even with my nieces. You know, Evelyn, my niece, she's 11. She'll be 12 this year. And my um, younger niece, Lillian, she's 7. And I'm very careful in the words that I use when I speak to them. Very careful because it's what you say. If you put your limitations, and I don't put any limitations on them whatsoever, but it's what you say. They're going to pick those up, right? Now, I'm, an, I'm their auntie. So Evie especially looks up to me, and I think it's great. She thinks I'm superwoman, and that's the, the image that I've portrayed for her that I am – tough I am strong I will not let anyone beat me down I'm you know I can take on the world right and I want her to see that and I do that for her because that's how I want her to approach her world right be powerful but when I was thinking about those words that interview that this um, this commentator sorry the question and answers the commentator had made this limitation on this young man this woman in that was part of you know that had you know, it was a family friend that had these limitations and 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 so on towards me and then how you know how someone else's words can really affect you right it's powerful right it's absolutely powerful. So when I look at it, like because I had no belief, lack of self-esteem, unsure of myself, then I had, you know, this particular person reminding me that I wasn't good enough, I'll never make it, all of this kind of thing. I had no belief, I had a fear of failure. So all of that combined to make a future recipe for me not achieving the goals I so badly wanted, right? Because I accepted that was the way that it was. But not now, right? It was deep-seated deep seated into, the, into the subconscious, right, at the age of 13. But that's how I accepted the way things were then. Not now, no way. And you shouldn't either. Don't let someone else's limitations limit you. And, you know, if I look back at the age of 13, wow, I'd love to be 13 again with this mindset, though. But I can't be that, can I? But what I can be now is someone that has experienced 
and experienced enough to know that if you let someone else's limitations limit you, guess what's going to happen to you? It's going to limit you. We don't want that. I don't care what stage of life that you are at. Don't let other people's limitations limit, limit you. Right? We want to turn it around. So this is what I want you to be thinking about today and this is what I'm going to say to you today. Don't let someone else's opinion hold you back from going after what you want. It is just their opinion and it just means that they wouldn't do it. And just because they wouldn't do it doesn't mean that you can't do it. Because you know what? You can do it. It's all in your hands. Well, today I'm going to take you on an exercise, a journey as such. But no, we're not going to be on an exercise in the sense I'm not going to take you for a training session at the gym. This is really an exercise that I want to share with you to help you discover what is holding you back. What is holding you back from from doing what, what it is that you want? And what this what we're going to be working on. It's called the seven level whys. And I actually got this from the Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. And this was a really um, great exercise that I went through uh, last year to, uh, no, it wasn't last year, it was the year before actually. I apologize. The year before um, to really understand what was holding me back. And um, so, anyway, what I want you to do here is I really want to ask, I really want you to ask yourself this question Why do I want to achieve the goals I want to achieve? And then what we're going to be doing is we're going to be working on these seven level whys and we're actually going to be going seven levels deep. And what's going to be happening, it'll be really um, interesting to discover, to discover what's actually going on. You may discover what's holding you back from pursuing what it is that you want. And um, then once you I can identify what's actually going on for you, what's holding you back, then, okay, well, then we're going to look at how can we turn it around, okay? So I'm going to share with you actually this out of – I've actually put this in my book, um, which will be released hopefully in the next month or so. It's very, very close. It's at the publisher's. Uh, you know, we're putting it in place. So I've just gone back through the manuscript again and had a few more changes to make to it, but uh, it's getting very, very close. So this is what I'm, this is what I'm going to share with you today in the sense of your seven level wise. We're going to see how deep we can get. So we're going to go seven levels deep and we want to see what we can identify what's going on. So this is what I did. I asked myself the question of why do I want to achieve the ultimate dream? And my ultimate dream is to have an academy, right? So, and and my dream is to inspire girls, teenage girls and, and women to achieve their goals and dreams. So the question that I asked myself when I was going through this is why do I want to achieve this ultimate dream? And I said, well, my ultimate dream is designed to help girls and teenage girls and women to achieve their goals and dreams and it will help them work on their mindset showing them that 
you know, nothing can hold them back and it will be designed to show them the steps and the systems that they need in place to go after their ultimate goals in life. And then what we then do is then we ask that question, why? Well, why? Why do I want to do that? Well, I want to do that because I know what it's like not to not to get the dream that you so badly want. Because over the years, I've learnt systems and structures, plus I've also had the life experience to teach others how to get there. And it's really important for me to guide my nieces as well through their life so that they can grow up to be confident women who believe in themselves deeply. Then, okay, let's go deeper. Why? Why do you want this to be so? Well, because I wish I had someone to show me the way when I was a teenager, to show me how to set goals, how to reverse engineer them, how to structure my days, how to set me up for success, what type of questions to ask myself, how, can, how to control my emotions, what do I do when I hit walls and barriers and challenges. And then we go, okay, well, why? Why do you, why, why do you want that to be so? Okay, well, I felt very lost and frustrated as a teenager and as an adult. I didn't achieve my ultimate dream and I just fell into things along the way. I felt as if I was always trying to reinvent myself into something because I always let myself down. So then I was like, okay, well, why? Why did I let myself down? I let myself down because I didn't achieve my dream of becoming a number one tennis player in the world. Why didn't I become the number one tennis player in the world? I didn't become the number one tennis player in the world because I didn't try hard enough to figure out how to get there. Well, why didn't I figure it out how to get there? Because I didn't believe in myself and I thought I wasn't good enough. Whoa, right? That's seven levels deep because I didn't believe in myself and I thought that I wasn't good enough. So at that time, the age, ripe old age of 19, 20 years of age, I made a decision that I wasn't good enough and that I, and I didn't believe in myself. So do you know what the decisions I made from that point on? The decisions I made from that point on was I gave up on my tennis career. I went back and came back to Australia and went to uni. Great. I got a university degree. Great. I started some businesses, great. Tennis coaching, sports skills business, I used to call it TM Sporty Kids, great. Right, I had some great things that I put in place, but it was I had not achieved my dream. So after that point, everything that I did after that, I considered myself a failure. Interesting, isn't it? And what the deep-seated belief was that one right I didn't believe in myself and two I didn't think I was good enough and I did this same exercise with my friend with a friend of a really close friend of mine and what she uncovered was that she felt that she had let her brother down when they were growing up because she couldn't help him she couldn't give him the help that he needed and therefore she felt like she wasn't good enough and then her feeling that way, again, made, created for her decisions that she made about not being able to help her brother and not being good enough. 
And then every decision she made after that was about her not being good enough. Just like me, not being good enough. Okay, I'm not good enough, even though I had achieved other things after that. Not being good enough, that's because I chose particular people in my life because I wasn't good enough. Oh, they will do. I hope they love me. I hope I get treated right. But how can I get treated right because I'm not good enough? Right, so I attracted the wrong people into my life. It's interesting what happens when we dig deeper, isn't it? To discover what's actually holding us back. And then what happens is then if you discover something like that not being good enough, then these decisions that you make from that space not being, not being good enough, well, that confirms it then, doesn't it? And actually, as I was preparing this episode for you, I was thinking about other things that happened. And this was prior to me actually discovering, you know, not being good enough and so on, but it confirmed it subconsciously for me when I was about 13 or 14 and I was at Coffs Harbour because I grew up in Grafton and I was at Coffs Harbour uh, one weekend because we used to go down every, I think it was once a month, we used to go down to Coffs Harbour for um, for training for, for tennis and so on, even though I did all my tennis training in Grafton like for the, for the junior squads and so on, I used to go to, to Coffs Harbour. So I went down and the coach that we had looking after our regional area uh, had organised the national coach to come and hit balls with us. And I was the first one up to play, like just to hit, hit some warm-up balls with with the national coach. And I hit three balls into the net. I was so nervous. I was so nervous having a hit with the national coach. And after I'd hit the first three balls into the net, you know what he did? He went on to other players and he didn't consider me again. So what did that confirm in my mind at that time? Not good enough. Right? So you can see how decisions that were made, you know, not being good enough, confirmed that in my mind as I was getting older. Oh, yeah, I can look back. Yeah, I wasn't good enough. Right, wasn't good enough for the state for the national coach to have a hit with me because I hit the ball into the net three times in a row. Oh. Did he come up and talk to me and say, "Hey, what's going on?" He, oh, gee, I'm really nervous. You know, because I did. I used to get really nervous. Didn't know how to control the nerves. But no, he just moved on. So therefore, I thought, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm not good enough." Right? Confirmed it. So I could talk about lots of other events that happened, but this isn't really about me here. This is really about discovering what is holding you back. I'm just sharing with you what happened to me because you might be able to relate because I don't want you to feel alone, right? We all experience something. Things happen in our lives. So what I want you to do today is I want you to answer this question and discover what's holding you back. So the question is, again, is why do I want to achieve the goals I want to achieve? And then I want you to write the answer. Then I want you to ask the question why. Write the answer, ask why, right? We want to go seven levels deep about asking the question why. Now, this actually comes up for everyone. It's really hard to focus when under pressure, right? So it can be sports pressure, can be work pressure, can be relationship pressure, it can be business pressure, 
you know, like in business, especially if you've got your own business, you're trying to figure out where your next dollars are going to come from. So we know that there's pressure, but the thing is, is we want to know and understand how we're going to respond best to pressure. So let's think about golf, right? So uh, with golf, especially if you go and have a practice or you have a lesson and so on, it's all nice and easy, you know. I know people that come and have lessons with me, I show them what to do, yep. all feels really good feels nice and easy then they throw themselves out onto the golf course in a competition environment and they go oh my god I've got so much pressure I can't do this and they fall apart so there's lots of reasons that that happens one is that they haven't ingrained the skill in you know into their as I call their DNA enough the other thing is they don't know how to perform under pressure they haven't obviously practiced enough they haven't even practiced under pressure in the sense of doing practice pressure so when you put yourself out on to the you know the golf course as such in a competition or a tournament of course you're not going to perform well right because you don't know how to and it's not your fault it's just that you don't know how to so We can look at things like this is what happens when you're out on the golf course when you're competing, right? Every shot counts, whereas when you're practicing, it doesn't matter if you make a mistake. You only get to play one shot, right, when you're out on the course. If you are at the practice range, it doesn't matter. You can have as many shots as you like. You, on the golf course, put pressure on yourself because you want to hit perfect shots, don't we all? Right, we want to put, hit perfect shots. So there's that inward pressure that you put on yourself. Then when you're on the course, there's also playing with others, especially uh, just going back to that, you know, hitting the perfect shot. Because at the driving range, you've got yourself into a rhythm. You start to get the feel of it, right? When you're out on the course, you don't get that rhythm and that feel of it because there could be five minutes between the next shot. Then you're playing with others, so you have distractions. You, you know, they may be talking a lot. You, you might be trying to beat them, right? So there's lots of other th- distractions that are going on. That doesn't happen when you're in practice. You may be trying to beat your handicap or at least play to your handicap out on the golf course. So there's all this pressure, right? Now, that's just one area. That's just I'm just talking about golf. That comes up in every sport, every sport. I've played lots of sports. It comes up in every sport, right? You want to perform well, right? You want to focus, but you find that your mind's drifting. You don't know how to focus and you get cranky with yourself or frustrated with yourself because you're not focusing properly. It's only because you haven't taught yourself how to do that because you don't know how to do that. And again, it's not your fault, right? Because you just don't know how to do that. But you want to be thinking and understanding that like, If this is going to come up in your golf or your tennis or your swimming or your hockey or your soccer or whatever other sport you're playing, it's going to come up in everything in your life. I look at sport. Sport is a great analogy for life. I found golf especially when I started to learn to play golf when I was 34. I really started to understand golf wow, how powerful golf is as a teacher to about life. But I think I was became more aware of that because I was more aware, whereas I wasn't that aware when I was growing up playing sport. 
but any sport is a great teacher about life, right? We have highs, we have lows, we have those moments in between, we have pressure situations, we have times in which things flow really well together. And speaking of things flowing really well together, something really simple and exciting, (laughs) well, I found it exciting on the day, was that I had every single traffic light from where I was driving from, which was about a 45-minute drive, to where I had to go from one golf location to the next golf location. And there was a whole series of traffic lights. There'd be at least 20 traffic lights there. I had the whole, all of them, the lights were green, right? Every single light. And I was like, thank you, universe, for looking after me today. That was pretty cool. Because then other times, isn't it? Other times we get stopped at each traffic light along the way, right? There's frustration. We want to keep moving. But we can't because there's that obstacle we've got to stop at the traffic light. And then other days, you know, there might be a few traffic lights we stop at, then we keep going, then we get a few green lights, then we've got to stop again. But this particular day, smooth sailing, right? No cars in my way. I could manoeuvre around the cars. All the lights were green. Wow, how exciting was that? And I thought, wow, that's great. But I digress. But the thing is here is that whatever we're doing, it's a great teacher, isn't it? There's a lot of lessons that we learn from what we're doing in, in sport that we can re- revert and, and understand through life. And it takes us on a roller coaster, doesn't it? Highs and lows, woo We have moments of excitement and thrills and we have moments where we're sad and, you know, bit down and we have moments of things just there come on just flowing and everything's moving really well so all of these things that I've mentioned just earlier as we're finding it hard to focus because that's what's going on isn't it we're finding it hard to focus because we're feeling the pressure but I want to know why you're finding it hard I want to know why you're finding it hard to focus when you're under pressure What comes up for you? Is it that you're impatient? Is it that you wanted it all yesterday? Is it that you've set your goals and you haven't achieved them yet? Is it that you're easily distracted and you become very irritated easily? Is it that you have high expectations? There's a few questions there, isn't there? Are those things coming up for you? Do you find that that's a reason why you're you're finding it hard to, to be focused? Because you want it yesterday, you're impatient, you haven't achieved your goals yet, you're distracted, you're irri- you, you know you're irritable, you have these high expectations. Nothing's wrong with that, but it's learning to control that. So I've got some questions that I want to ask you. There's just three questions. But I want you to answer these three questions. So question one is what happens when you can't focus? What goes on for you? What do you do? What happens to you when you can't focus? What emotions come up for you? What struggles come up for you? Why do you think that you can't focus? Do you get easily distracted? Then number two What kind of emotions come up for you when you're struggling and you can't focus? Do you get frustrated? Do you want to scream? Do you get annoyed? Do you get cranky? 
What kind of emotions come up? And then number three is why do you feel these emotions? Why do these emotions come up for you? Because what we want to do is we want to identify what's going on because then we know how to fix it. Okay, so then we know how to fix it. So let's look at some things here. So I'm going to pose another three questions for you. I will have these written down wherever you hear this episode. But So the first three questions I want you to answer is what happens when you can't focus? Number two is what kind of emotions come up when you're struggling and you can't focus? And number three is why do you feel these emotions? Why are you feeling this way? Okay. So then once we know what's going on, what's coming up for us, we go, okay, well, how are we going to fix that? So here's some examples, right? So number one is, well, what can we do to begin to teach yourself how to focus? So there's simple things like meditation, right? Box breathing exercise. Very simple thing to do. Five minutes. Most people don't do it. But if you want to teach yourself how to focus, then you can have to do it. But it's doing meditation five minutes uninterrupted. Maybe it's doing a task or some type of exercise or something for 10 minutes without being interrupted. And you've got to time that 10 minutes and you're completely zoned in and focused on that particular task or skill or whatever it is that you've got to work on with no interruptions. Again, that teaches you how to focus. Maybe it might be practicing, let's say if you're um, putting and you're playing golf, maybe it's practicing hitting 10 balls in the hole in a row, right? It teaches you how to focus. If you're a tennis player, it might be something like you've got to serve 10 serves down the center of the tee box in a row. Right? It's got to hit a particular area in that tee box every single time, right? So it's teaching yourself how to focus. Then number two, what can you do to practice under pressure? What kind of things can you do to practice under pressure? Well, how about something like this for golf, right? So um, chip the ball. You've got to chip the ball into the hole before you go and do something else, right? So there's pressure. You could be there for an hour. You could be there for two hours. You might feel like you might be there all night. But you've got to do that before you can go and do something else, right? There's pressure and you've got to focus. So we're combining the two. Maybe something like you've got to sink five putts in a row from two metres away from the hole. Sounds easy, but when you actually do it, <laughs> go to do it, it's a bit more challenging. Maybe if you're a tennis player, I just use these golf and tennis examples because I know them so well, but just if, you know, if you're playing another sport, just think about some other things that you can do to put pressure on yourself. So another one like serving the ball to a specific spot in the service box and it has to be in it has to go into that box every single time before you go and do something else. Pressure. What about business pressure, right? Maybe you've got a business, you've got to come up with 20 ideas to generate revenue before you go and, you know, do something else. So it's, it's you're really thinking about how to how to practice under pressure, right? And putting yourself on, under the pressure. And then question number three, what type of plan will you implement now that you understand how you can focus better? What kind of plan are you going to put in your daily plan? What kind of 
plan are you going to put in your weekly plan? What kind of structure are you going to create? Right, so you can see now that rather than you saying, hey, Tiff, you know, I'm finding it really hard to focus under pressure. Well, one, we've got to identify what's going on for you, why you're not focusing, what distractions are coming up and so on, what kind of emotions you're going through and, and, and so on. But then what we need to do is flip around, how are we going to, how are we going to do that? How are we going to teach ourselves to, to focus? How are we going to teach ourselves to practice under pressure? How are we going to implement it into, you know, my, our daily plan? All right. So those are the things that I want you to be working on. Well, that's intense, isn't it? Hey, so what you're going to be doing is I want you to create your manifesto. You want to be working out what your perfect life is, how you see it. We want clear description of how you actually see it, creating your perfect life, your perfect day. And why not you, right? Why not you? Because I want you to dream big and I want you to go for your dreams because you deserve it. I don't want you to um, let other people's limitations hold you back. So don't let someone else's opinion hold you back from what you're going after and what you really want because you know what? It's really in your hands. If other people can do it, why not you? And I know you can do it, right? It's in your hands. So we want to make sure that you're really pursuing what it is that you want. I want you also to be looking at what's holding you back. So that question, what, why do I want to achieve the goals that I want to achieve? And I want you to go seven levels deep and keep asking why, 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 okay? So that we can really understand what's holding you back. And then we... Then I want you to be looking at how you can focus better under pressure. So you had some questions, didn't you? So we wanted to look at what happens when you can't focus, what goes on for you, what kind of emotions come up for you when, you, when you're struggling and when you can't focus, and then why are you feeling these emotions, why are you feeling this way? And then we wanted to then fix, fix the issues in the sense of, okay, how are we going to teach ourselves to focus? How are we going to perform better under pressure in the sense of what are we got to do to practice under pressure and then how are we going to plan and implement to make sure that we're focusing better okay so you got some work to do this week haven't you it's all in your hands it's all up to you but if you want it I want you to go and get it so I hope you enjoyed this week's daily tip I'd love it if you could share with me what you liked best about what you heard if you've got 30 seconds to spare I'd really appreciate if you could leave a five-star review on what you have heard I'd really appreciate that and we want to build the reach of potential with TIFF community as big as we can and I want you to dream big believe in you go after your dreams have an awesome day and take care talk soon bye-bye yeah, yeah.